Hi, I'm Mike Dilk and you're listening to the Relax Bank UK show. The show that explores all kinds of health topics relevant to you, your family and your friends. Each week I talk to expert guests from a range of backgrounds to inform and entertain you. So please do join the Relax Bank UK family and stay tuned. Hi, and thank you very much for joining me on the Relax Back UK show this week. Now, have you ever felt like kind of doing some exercise, uh, some kind of movement, but you've been kind of struggling to find something that works for you or an approach that works for you? Here's something that might be worth listening to. A movement practice that wasn't based around perfection or a goal necessarily, something that was a little bit more um, just maybe healing for my mental health and emotional health. Cassandra Reinhardt took up yoga as a teen and uh, found out she rather likes it. And now she teaches yoga online to, to thousands, maybe even millions of people. Uh, we'll hear from her all about that. But before that, I want to tell you about something that I've just done and I feel rather good about it, possibly even a little bit smug. I don't know. Anyway, I want you to think about doing it. And then if you do do it, perhaps you'll feel as good as me. I gave blood and uh, I found that it was uh, I've done it before, but I was reminded that just how easy it is to do. It was uh, in a church hall. And they were set up to take blood from lots of people. So it was quite an operation. I don't mean the act of giving. The act of giving blood was uh, very simple indeed. But it was quite an operation uh, to take blood from so many people. But it was very well organised. So in this space, there were eight chairs where you would sit and donate uh, the blood. And while I was there, they were all full. They were all being used. The, the assets were being uh, sweated. And in fact, I asked the guy who was taking my blood as he put the needle into my arm how much they were going to collect today. And he reckoned that there were going to be about 100 people giving blood. And they you give uh, about a pint. Actually, it's a little bit less. So about 100 pints of blood, which I think that's probably quite a lot. So I'm fused about it. So I just want to take you through uh, the process and explain again that there was absolutely no pain at all. So you arrive and kind of check in. Um, they give you a brochure to read. They ask you to sit down, read the brochure and have a drink. Um, then after that, you go through into a, a, a private office and go through any medical reasons why you can't donate your blood. Either it's bad for you or bad for the receiver of the blood. And the kind of things are kind of fairly obvious, I suppose. But if you have various diseases like hepatitis or AIDS, or if you've been doing more serious things like injecting drugs and, and, and things like that. But anyway, there's, there's, there's a private area to go through all that stuff. They check your iron levels. And that's a small test which involves taking some blood using a pinprick on a, a finger. Um, so when you've done through that, if, if you're still going to give blood, they lead you to one of the chairs where you give bloods. They put on a small kind of pump tourniquet so they can see a vein. Now, I've got to admit, when I've given blood before or I have a blood test, I usually look away at this point when they actually put the needle in. But I decided to have a look today, not actually when they were putting the needle in, when it had just been put in. And um, it was a bit of a surprise. It was it was quite large, but I guess, you know, they've got to get some blood out. So it's got to be 
round and hollow so blood actually flows uh, through it uh, the needle does go in a little way I, I don't know how far but you know it, it's a little way but I must just emphasize again absolutely no pain they ask you to uh, make a fist occasionally to keep the the blood flowing um, then once it starts it takes somewhere between five and ten minutes I think for me it took like I don't know seven seven or eight minutes and uh, so the blood comes out of your arm through the needle through a tube into this bag and the bag is actually uh, on a thing that keeps it moving keeps the blood moving and that's because there's some anticoagulant stuff in the bag so that's mixed up with the blood to prevent the blood clotting because I think if the blood clots uh, it isn't any good so anyway then when that's all done they take the needle out again no pain at all um, ask you to put your fingers on just to stop the bleeding not that there really was any bleeding put a plaster on then you you go to a place where you have another drink and some bickies and then all done and it takes about an hour actually it was a little bit less for an hour than an hour uh, for me so I really do suggest it as a really good thing to do if you can do it if you've got time and uh, you get invited do seriously think about doing it now that's enough of me talking about me it's time to hear from our guest Cassandra Reinhardt all about her online yoga teaching so please do stay tuned for a great show thank you My guest today is Cassandra Reinhardt. She's an online yoga teacher and she founded Yoga with Cassandra. She was an absolute pleasure to chat with and I started by asking her what really got her interested in yoga in the first place. I stumbled into it not knowing much about it. I started when I was about 18 years old. Um, a friend recommended that I try yoga as a way to cross train as an athlete. So growing up, I was doing a lot of ballet and other forms of dance, um, just at a super amateur hobby for fun level. But still, it was really hard on my body. I think it's tough, especially when you're going through your teenage years and your your body is growing so much. It was really hard on my joints. So I was having a lot of hip issues, a lot of knee issues, a lot of pain. And even though I was you know, doing so many dance classes a week, I've always struggled with specific points of flexibility. Like my hamstrings are always like a point of difficulty for me and my upper back. Um, a lot of it just based on my anatomy, you know. So a friend recommended, why don't you try yoga class? I had never done that before. I knew absolutely nothing about it. So I just tried a few classes in studios and I slowly but surely started to get a little bit more interested in it once I learned, once I found a teacher that I really liked and a style of yoga I really liked. And also once I started to realize how much I needed a movement practice that wasn't based around perfection or a goal necessarily, something that was a little bit more um, just maybe healing for my mental health and emotional health, you know, as much as I loved ballet, it was just, it was just a little bit much for me at that time. I, I was needing something else. And I was also a teenager who had so much anxiety and so much insomnia issues. So, um, yoga really, really helped me with that. So I ended up kind of transitioning away from the world of dance and really fully diving into yoga and then got my teacher training a few years after. And here we are now, 
uh, at 33. <laughs> it, it sounds like a much better reason than mine because uh, I I'd started doing yoga when I was like early 20s. And the reason I did it was to try and impress my girlfriend, who actually is now my <laughs> wife. So I, I suppose it worked from that point of view. But as far as a reason for taking up yoga, it's probably fairly poor, I would suggest. But um, I'm, I'm still doing it a, a little bit. I think so it's I'll, sweets. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked, I suppose, from, you know, we're, yes. married, we're still married. So that's that, that's good. So, uh, you you mentioned your, your dancing. Was, um, was, it, was it ballet dancing that you were doing? Primarily, but yeah. I was doing whatever I could. So jazz, contemporary, ballet. Um, but I really love ballet very much. Yeah. Because that can be notorious for kind of taking in students, putting them through the mill. Uh, and if they don't make the grade, just spitting them out. And not making the grade can mean just getting injured, really. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it really does boil down to your anatomy in many ways. Um, so there's just some things that no matter how much I try, like my body is just not physically made for certain movements or positions or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but again, I, this was like a super, super low level, just like at your local ballet studio. So it's not like I was, you know, in a big dance academy or anything like that. Um, but still, even just by taking these little hobbyist yoga or dance classes, ballet classes, it really was very difficult on my body. I think the disadvantage also is that because I was so young, I started at like three or four years old. So you're doing it all growing up, all through your teenage years. I really didn't have a proper understanding of anatomy and biomechanics and how to actually keep my body safe and cross strain, like working on strength just as much as flexibility. Right. So I think had I had I been more informed, like today as an adult, knowing what I know now because of yoga and the education that came with it, um, I would be able to practice in a much safer way. You know, yeah. I would know what to do to kind of take care of my body, but it's just as a kid, you just don't really, I didn't really know that. So I think I put myself in positions where I just kept getting injured over and over again and not and, knowing and probably, how to stop. Um, teachers have probably moved on as well. You know, ballet teachers are probably, they probably keep more of an eye open for potentially yes. any students that are maybe causing damage or Okay. Yes, I think there's a bigger focus on that today, for sure. But anyway, you you moved on. Are you, are you still dancing? So no, I mean, every now and then I'll take like a little dance class, but not as regularly or anything like that, just for fun. Every yeah. now and then when I have the time. So I, I must admit, I did a little bit of looking at your, your website. Uh, I call it a bit of electronic stalking. And... Um, <laughs> And I found the thing that says, right, you're you're on a mission. So what what is the mission? Um, I mean, I think the mission is really just to help people feel great with yoga, you know, and to help really drive the point home. Something that was really pivotal for me is it all kind of came together when I realized that you don't need to do a lot to find benefits. So you don't need to practice an hour every single day in order to feel better with yoga, in order to reap physical, mental, emotional benefits that come along with the practice. I find that consistency is really where we have the most impact and where we can make the most difference. And for a lot of people, it's, myself included, it's just not realistic to do an hour every single day, um, especially if you have other sports and other activities and other things in your life. So 
even if it's just like something I'm mostly known for, I would say I, I offer a lot of 10 minute morning yoga classes. Those are realistic for people to do before they go to work, before they take care of their kids, before they get on with their lives. It's simple, but you'd be surprised how much you can fit in 10 minutes and how much it can really have an effect on your mental health for the rest of the day, the way you're breathing, your posture, the way you feel in your body, um, the amount of comfort level that you have. And when you start with these smaller bite-sized practices, at the end of 10 minutes, you might find that actually I'd like to do another one. So it's very common for people to tack on 10 minutes and then they'll do another and maybe another so on some days, maybe you have a greater capacity and on others, maybe you're just not really either you're busy or you're just not really into it, you know, and I think giving people that permission and letting them know it really is better. You're better off doing a little bit every day than to try to cram in one 60 or 90 minute session a week. Yeah. Um, I've really found more benefits for me personally, if I have a little bit of mindfulness and mindful movement every day. Um, versus trying to really, you know, go big <laughs> and go hard, yeah, little, but little, little doing often, that irregularly. Um, yeah, little and often, very much the way to go. Um, exactly. Do do you kind of teach a, a particular type of yoga? Because there are there are lots of different types of yoga. Or what? How do you deal with that? I specialize primarily in vinyasa yoga as well as yin yoga. I find the two complement each other very well. They're almost like two sides of a coin. So vinyasa is a more active, dynamic style of yoga. Um, if people are imagining yoga, maybe they're thinking of sun salutation. So you would find a lot of that in vinyasa. We're flowing, almost like flowing with the breath. So there's a really nice mix of strength, flexibility, balance. You might elevate your heart rate a little bit more, um, maybe a little bit more uh, intensity added to the practice, even though we are trying to stay really grounded and mindful throughout. And then yin yoga is completely different. So yin is a passive style of yoga where you're holding poses for many minutes at a time, like three to five minutes per pose, per side. And there's pretty much no strength required. The poses are all done either sitting or laying down. So it's very flexibility focused and it's very much focused on joint health. So we're not trying to push or pull ourselves into a stretch. We're trying to let gravity do the work for us and kind of relax into it. So really great for your nervous system, really great for your joints. It can still be quite challenging. It is harder than you think to stay in a pose for a long time um, just because there's nowhere to go, you know, and few <laughs> distractions. Whereas when you're moving fast and staying active, it can be really easy for me anyway to kind of disassociate and to just not really be present to the experience and to just be in your head the whole time. With yin, there's, I think, that extra challenge added, um, like a mental challenge component to it. So I really yeah. like both of those yin and vinyasa. I find they're they're They provide a well-rounded framework for physical health, mental health, emotional health. So, um, yeah. th that's what I focus on primarily. I, I, I did have a sneaky look actually at some of, some of your videos and yeah. um, what, what, what I noticed is that they are really easy to follow. So did, oh, good. I mean, you, so did that take a lot? Of, I mean, you've done lots now, but did that take a lot of practice or did that come kind of easily to you? You know, thankfully, 
I think that's one of my strengths. So I think that's just one of the ways in which this kind of career path, I was well suited for it because I talk a lot. <laughs> so I'm a communicator. So I think that helped as a teacher. Um, there was a bit of a learning curve though. It is different to teach to students in person versus teaching by yourself in a room to a camera. So that definitely took a little bit of um, experience, you know, and it, it, there was a bit of a learning curve to really find out the best way for me to talk as I teach. When you're teaching in front of students in a studio, you will give some instructions and then you kind of stop, you know, you walk around the room, you observe your students, you help them out, you give personalized individual attention. Whereas when I'm teaching in front of the camera, I have to do the entirety of the yoga class with them. So it's much more physically demanding and you have to talk the entire time. So I had to really boost up my cardio in a lot of ways because I was just, I'm doing the entire class and I have to be really on point with my physical cues or with my alignment and verbal cues because I can't see students at home. So I, I can't really know if they're doing it correctly or not. So I have to make sure that I'm giving mm -hmm. the right information so that people can do the practice safely and without having to always look up at their phone or look up at their screen and look up at their TV. So I think I was well suited for it. I like being a teacher. I like that kind of communication, um, but it was a bit of a learning curve yeah. as and well. And you, you have sure. to be able to talk without being out of breath when you're potentially doing exactly. something quite strenuous. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was really hard in the beginning. And even just simple things like you know, of course I want to be able to look at the camera and speak to the camera, but sometimes I can't do that. Like if I'm, I'm in downward dog, it's not safe for me to be turning my head and looking. Mm -hmm. So I had to really start to prioritize my own body's safety. So how can I demonstrate poses and do the practice and talk and teach at the same time while making sure that my alignment is safe and that I'm not injuring myself? Because I did, that did happen a few times where um, I would hurt my neck or tweak something just because I was trying to practice and teach at the same time. And I hadn't quite refined that technique yet. Sure. And, and you've got to be a, a a good role model as well, because actually, if you're doing downward, dog, yes. you, you shouldn't twist your neck around. That, that exactly. Yes, no, exactly. But certainly, they, they came across to me as, as very easy uh, to follow. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Actually, do do you ever use the original names of asanas? Because actually, I I find those very confusing. I can never remember what they are. And yes, I, I I've been doing yoga for a while. I often use both. So I'll often start with the English and then use the Sanskrit term so that people can learn to associate, you know, what the what the equivalency is in both uh, languages. Or I'll do the Sanskrit one first, and then I'll just mention the English one. Um, but for the most part, I try to offer both of them. So it just depends. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, I think that's worth knowing. But it is a big library. <laughs> you know, it is a big yeah, library. How many are there? How many videos are there? Oh my gosh. In my videos, I mean, I started my YouTube channel in April of 2014. And so I'm almost 10 years into it now. And I've done a minimum of one yoga class a week. So I think I have over 800, maybe 900 by now free, like online yoga classes. So I have a, a large, <laughs> large library at this point. And they're, and they're all free to access, aren't they? Yes, yes. Yeah. I have 
you know, I have like a, a a mobile app, which is behind a paywall that has like other exclusive content, guest teachers, you know, other features like watching without ads and stuff like that. Cause that is really the only drawback of YouTube. Like, yes, all of the content is free, but you know, if anyone's ever watched a YouTube video, which I'm sure they have, they know there's an ad before and after the video. So that's kind of the only, um, the only downside, I guess. But other than that, yeah, it's completely free. So the whole library is available to people all around the world. They just need an internet connection. Yeah, very nice. Do, do, if you're trying to persuade people to take up yoga um, and they ask you, okay, so what do I need? What, 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 what do you tell them? I think the best thing about online yoga is that it is more encouraging and motivating. It's less intimidating for people to try yoga, I think, from the comfort of their own homes, in the privacy of their own homes, where they don't really have to worry so much about um, having exactly the right setup and the right gear and the right outfit and being super ready. Like it, it can be very intimidating for a lot of people to go to a yoga studio and a studio class because there's unfortunately this negative perception about, you know, something people tell me all the time is, well, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga. And I think, well, that's, that's why you do yoga. <laughs> you know, that's the reason why you should participate. But unfortunately, there's this preconceived notion that you should already have some kind of existing level of fitness, strength, balance, flexibility before attending a yoga studio class. So the great thing about online is, no one's there. No one can see you. You can do it in your pajamas. You can do it on the floor, on the rug. If you want, you can put down a little beach towel. If you don't have a yoga mat, you really don't need to stress too much about um, not being fully equipped. I Something I do a lot of is I like to do a lot of classes that don't require props, even though I absolutely love practicing and teaching with props, I know that most people who are watching my videos are at home and they probably don't have it. So I try to make the classes as accessible and inviting as possible and like non-threatening. So mm -hmm. you can just show up however you are and just know that you can do something, you know, so it's not as intimidating as studio classes. No, I get it. And I, that's a good point, actually, because I, I must admit, when I see, uh, adverts for yoga classes or, or yoga equipment or what have you the people in the adverts are always 20 something and beautiful and yes. you know I'm 50 something and fat so it doesn't yes. always chime with me yeah it, it's it's a huge problem I think we are it is shifting I mean I'm, I'm curious if you've you've probably noticed a shift quite a bit like if you started in your 20s the yoga you were practicing, the way it was advertised and talked about and, you know, the, the culture around yoga, I'm sure ha you've seen it change and shift throughout the decades. I mean, it's much more popular than it ever was, but there's a different perception, like you mentioned, that it's for young, skinny, rich white women, you know, who are already yeah. fit and flexible. And that's been a really hard image to try to shift because truly it, it it is meant to be a practice that is for everybody, you know, for everyone out there. So that's that's an unfortunate change I've noticed from the commercialization and popularization of yoga. Yeah. yeah. Actually, with, with that in mind, do, do you find that sort of people like maybe professional athletes um, have taken it up, you know, hoping to become better at their sport? You know, some people you might not imagine. I'm thinking, well, 
you're I, I I'm in the UK. We don't really have that sport here, but American or Canadian football, maybe you would call it. You know, enormous men running into each other. Do they do yoga? Should they do yoga? Yes, and actually, I think most professional athletes do some form of yoga, some form of cross training. That's one great advantage of the popularization of yoga is people have been able to really understand the benefits. And especially for athletes, when I was first starting to teach online, one of the first things I specialized in was yoga for athletes. So I would do yoga classes for bodybuilders, for hockey players, for golfers, for cyclists, for rock climbers. Um, because there's such a huge need and you have no idea how beneficial it can be um, when you're at performing at such a high level in a specific sport, you can use and overuse certain parts of your body, right? And this is something that personally I had just noticed in myself coming from the world of ballet. I knew that I was overusing certain parts of my body and neglecting others. So yoga is a phenomenal way to kind of round out your approach for athletes. It also has an amazing uh, mindfulness component, you know, to really be able to get you in a place where um, you can really just care for your mental health, you know, and really yeah. get in the zone and in the right frame of mind as an athlete, which is so important. And over the years, I've had a lot of like professional athletes and, you know, whether that they're at college level, like, you know, amateurs, young, all the way up who, you know, do do my classes and practice with me online and stuff. So it's, it's, it's much more popular than we realize. And I'm really happy that, like you say, these like big, tough men <laughs> are, you know, doing yoga. Like it's really great. It's really fun. And they're seeing the benefits of it, which is really yeah. encouraging. And you might you might not want to do this, but can you name drop anyone famous that you've helped? I don't know. I mean, she's not she's not an athlete, but someone who has been really um, kind of like a in my corner to always like hype me up. That really touched me is like um, I don't know if you've ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, but that's really popular in the U.S. and in Canada. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I've, I've heard of it, and I, I, yes. I've kind of flicked through it and seen it quickly. It's not my One regular the, viewing. No, no, no. Yes. But one of the panelists, Michelle Visage, like she's, you know, very famous or whatever. And she started with yoga with Cassandra. And so she has sent me a lot of really nice messages and has helped to promote me on her social media and stuff because she had never done yoga before and started with my classes. So stuff like that has been really fun. And I've had some teams like sports teams, college level reach out and say that they do my classes. And um, it's it's always it's always really it's really nice. So yeah, that's always good. fun. Good. Um you, you you mentioned a, a couple of benefits other than just uh, physical. You know, do you do you get mm -hmm. um, well outline what those might be uh, um, that your students and yourself you know get from doing yoga. Yeah, I mean, yoga, the way we normally think and talk about it in Western world and Western culture is a movement-based practice, right? We're thinking about yoga poses and we're thinking about a yoga mat and the way you move your body on a yoga mat. But yoga is a rich spiritual system with um, varying modalities and ethics and philosophies attached to it, a rich history. Um so while, yes, the yoga poses are a component of it, if you go based on a specific lineage um, through the limbs of yoga, yes, 
yoga poses, asanas are a big part of it, but then you also have meditation and breath work, you know? So I like to incorporate those as well. And even in terms of like your uh, philosophies and ethics, for me, what I found to be the first big benefit I noticed that was really significant in my life was not necessarily a physical one. It was really mental health wise. Like I mentioned, I had a lot of anxiety growing up. I had a lot of insomnia as well. That's still something that will flare up for me from time to time. But yoga was a massive, massive game changer. Um, this way of really being present as you're doing some kind of movement and to really have your awareness be on the breath, combining that with meditation and other breath work, um, even mantra and mudra for some people, that was really, really powerful. So I noticed a huge amount of anxiety and stress relief. I was able to fall asleep a lot easier, like insomnia was less of a problem. And you know, there were also just some big shifts within me where I just kind of became kinder to myself, I think, and kinder to other people. Yoga gave me a great sense of perspective. Um, there's a big kind of not like a dissolution of the ego, but more like an understanding of the ego and being able to see it when it shows up for you and being able to create some distance, you know, being able to not be completely caught up in the storyline that goes through your head. So those were all really powerful teachings and learning. So as I started just attending yoga classes, you know, not being very naive, not really knowing what it was about, but just trusting the teacher and going through it and, you know, letting the teacher guide me. I started to get more and more curious. So started to read a little bit more about yogic philosophy. And that's really when things shifted a little more in terms of like mental health, emotional health, and even kind of like a, a spiritual health kind of mm -hmm. lens. Nice. And do you still go to teachers? Who's your teacher now? I have quite a few. So I study a lot with Sianna Sherman. Um, she's a US-based teacher, but travels quite a bit internationally. So I've done a lot of like teacher trainings and things with her. And then from time to time, like I like to do online yoga at home. You know, I'm an online yoga teacher. I practice what I preach. I really do believe like it can be wonderful to study with one teacher for an extended period of time. There is a great level of depth and knowledge and wisdom that you can get from that. However, I think you can get kind of stuck in a rut, um, especially as a teacher. I think it's important to be exposed to a lot of other instructors out there just mm -hmm. to make sure that you keep things fresh. Like I've noticed I've been teaching for quite a while now, and sometimes I get bored of myself. You know, like I feel like I've said the same thing a thousand times. And I think surely there must be a different way to express this and to communicate this. There must be another layer, you know, that I haven't thought about yet that I haven't been exposed to. So being able to learn from other teachers and to try different styles of yoga, that's a really great way to make sure you don't get stuck in a rut. And as a student, it can also, you know, what's that expression where they say you have to hear the same thing seven times to understand it, you know, mm -hmm. so you can have been told something multiple times, but sometimes you just need a different instructor to present the same material with a slight twist on it for it to really land and connect with you and really resonate. So I try to do, I try to try different teachers on a regular basis. Some I like, some I don't, and it's all okay. You know, it's all a great learning experience. 
Oh, excellent. That that sounds very good. I, I the the advice of just going to different teachers sound, sounds um, very good, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just, helpful. Just a different perspective. Yeah, very, very, very much so. One thing I want to ask, because you you've been doing uh, your uh, online yoga for a while, um, have you had feedback from some of your students that have been kind of with you from day one? Yes. You know what? It's surprising, but yeah, I do have quite a few people who've been practicing with me for nearly a decade, like five years, six years, seven years, eight years. And that always blows me away because when I look at those earlier videos, they are so bad. <laughs> I can't imagine how anyone would have stuck with me till then. But yeah, a lot of people have stuck with me, which is really lovely. That's very been nice. on the journey with you. Yes, definitely. Yeah, they've seen me at my worst, <laughs> at the humble <laughs> beginnings. <laughs> okay. And again, I was doing my electronic stalking. This thing, the 30-day challenge cropped up. Mm -hmm. What was that? I've done three of those so far. So uh, there are 30-day challenges that I put together, and they're all available for free on YouTube. They all have a different theme. Um, so this year's challenge was in April, and it was called Flexible Body, Flexible Mind, and it was 30 days of yoga. So every day would be they would get a 10-minute, simple, like 10 to 15-minute morning yoga class to cultivate a flexible body, but then they would also get a flexible mind yoga challenge or just daily challenge, something to help them step out of their comfort zone, something to help integrate the other limbs of yoga. So you would do a little bit of physical movement practice with me on your mat. And then I would give you one challenge to kind of step out of your comfort zone and to explore the other limbs of yoga a little bit. Um, and that was for 30 days. So that was really fun. So what sort of things might that be? Give us a sort of an example. Um, it can be something simple like writing a letter to yourself in 20 years, right? And your vision for yourself. It can be reaching out to someone you haven't spoken to in the past five years. One of them is to scream as loud as you can or to have a dance party or to try a different dish, a different cuisine. Like it can be okay. reading a specific text of yogic philosophy for 10 minutes, meditating, uh, practicing pranayama, breath work. So they were really very varied, some journaling, some arts, uh, some reading, some connecting with people. So it was a lot of fun. People really yeah. trusted me with it and they went for it. No, that, that sounds very nice. I like the screaming one. Yes, that's the hardest one for me personally. For some people, that's very yeah. easy. I have a very hard time screaming. It's very challenging for me. I was almost thinking, let's do it now. Perhaps we. Oh might. my gosh. We we'll do it. We we'll do it. We we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll, I'll do it when we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Good. <laughs> so, look, if if people are listening to this and thinking, right, do you know what? I really should give this a go. What What will you say to just give them that little extra nudge? to actually, yeah, let's do it. I think if they just want to try with a 10-minute practice, that's a great place to start. They'll get an idea of what my teaching style is like, if they enjoy the way that I teach classes, and if this is something they can see themselves doing on a more regular basis. I have hundreds of those by now. So if they just go on YouTube, Yoga with Cassandra, 10 minutes, you know, you can even type beginner if they are beginner and they're feeling a little bit intimidated. They don't want to do anything too daunting and challenging. Um, I have tons and tons of those. And if they're very, very motivated, then they can do that 30-day challenge, which is also on YouTube. Okay. So on YouTube, they just put in Cassandra Yoga. It'll find you. Yeah. Yoga with Cassandra. Yeah. It's all right there. Brilliant. 
Cassandra, look, thank you very much indeed for taking a few minutes to chat. I, I much appreciate it. Uh, so many thanks. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Thank you very much to my guest this week, Cassandra Reinhardt, talking about yoga, but more specifically, online yoga. Thank you to you for listening and have a healthy week. Until next week. Thanks for listening to the Relax Back UK show. Join me, Mike Dilk, again next week for more fascinating interviews and chat. If you're listening to the podcast version, please subscribe, like, and share it with your family and friends. And have a healthy week. Until next week.